welcome to Let's Talk Sierra Vista, the official podcast of the City of Sierra Vista. I'm your host again today, City Public Information Officer Adam Curtis. Libraries are so much more than just a place to borrow books, whether digital or physical. They offer free public access to the internet and online resources, provide kits and activities to enrich people's lives, and serve as community centers for people of all ages who want to feel connected. Now, amid the COVID-19 pandemic, libraries around the world have had to adapt by closing their doors and opening new avenues to give their patrons what they need, whether that's a book to read or a familiar face to share a story, craft, or activity. Today, we're joined by Youth Services Librarian Erica Merritt. Together, we'll go behind the scenes at the Sierra Vista Public Library to learn how our local library is working to serve our community in these unusual times. Hi, Erica. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So we just hit the midpoint of the library's summer reading program. Uh, and typically, this is kind of a hectic time when you're in the midst of hosting events with hundreds of kids uh, and families and everyone's kind of gathering together at the library. Obviously, that's not really the case this year. Um, so what has the summer reading program uh, been like this time around? It has been very different this year. We have decided to do virtual performances. All of the performers that we booked before all of this happened agreed to create videos for us. Mm -hmm. And so we've been able to have those up on the summer reading website so people can at least watch the performances together with their family at home on the computer, which has been really nice. Um, all of our in-person craft programs and activities like that, they have been either put on hold completely or if we've been able to put together a kit that people can come pick up and then log on to WebEx to do a virtual crafting program together. We've been doing that with the teens and the kids. Mm -hmm. um, this week, for instance, I have our kids Lego program set up. And so if parents email me, then I give them the login and we all sit together on our computers and we build with Legos together <laughs> and we chat and, and we catch up with each other. And it's a nice way to get some face-to-face -face time with the kids and the kids can see other kids, which hasn't been happening yeah. for them in their real life. This is probably such a weird time for kids in general, actually. It is. I was outside on the library sidewalk putting out some of the grab-and-go kits, and one of our regular storytime families stopped by to return some items, and the kids jumped out of the car and spotted me oh. and immediately <laughs> tried to make a beeline for me to throw their arms around me, and their yeah. mom was like, no, throw on the brakes. You can't just run up and hug Miss Erica like you usually do. Uh. So, yeah, it's been – they were – they gave me sad puppy dog eyes. It was yeah. it was a little disheartening, yeah. but we did elbow bumps and we had a nice chat. And mm -hmm. and so that was OK. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's so interesting. I've, I've obviously taken photos of your story times yes. and other children librarian story times. It seems like your role in the library is so based on that kind of little community that grows around those kind of parents and kids that come to those events. It is. I feel like. I feel like the next time I see them, they're all going to be three feet taller <laughs> yeah, and I'm probably. not even going to recognize them. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been different. I do, I do miss the interaction. It is such a big part of what I do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not really sure some days how to turn my programming into virtual programming mm -hmm. because a lot of the kids that I work with specifically are below the age of five. Right. And so screen time is already something parents don't want kids that age to have a lot of mm -hmm. so trying to figure out a way to stay in touch with them 
and still respects, you know, their family's wishes as far as not being on the computer as mm -hmm. much or it's it's been tricky. We're we're trying to figure out if there's any way to do any kind of in-person thing, but right now yeah, right doesn't now seem like it's going to happen right now. So hopefully, hopefully they're watching the story time on Facebook. And yeah, I do see some <laughs> of the comments and it sounds like some people are definitely watching with their kids and the kids are liking seeing at least a familiar face that they, they are, can't see in person. They are. And occasionally I'll get um, I'll get an email with a little video attached or a picture attached of the kids doing doing an activity or doing one of the rhymes. And that's really nice. I, I really have enjoyed that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you did mention the grab and go kits, but mm -hmm. I think uh, every week you put out kits that go along with uh, summer reading activities that people can then take home and kind of use stuff, make a craft at home, uh, log in and maybe look at instructions online and yep. kind of have that at home and virtual component. Is that right? We do. Um, we have eight weeks planned, so we still have the rest of this month to go. We change them out every Monday, and we have about 30 or so in the bucket out there each each day of the week. Um, they are themed around summer reading loosely. Our theme this year is fairy tales, so the kids' boxes are definitely themed pretty heavy for summer reading. Mm -hmm. um, I think this week, the one I just got ready was making clothespin fairies. Oh, cute. Yeah. And then we do, so we do a kids, a kids steam, um, a teen and an adult. The adult one is not always themed around fairy tales because that's a little bit trickier to do, mm -hmm. but it's usually some kind of, of fun activity or craft. I think Susan put out one week, it was a tote bag that you could decorate with um, watercolor paints. Oh, nice. Yeah. And one week she had um, journals with shrinky dinks. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can make your own shrinky dink to attach to the journal. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, the teen one and the steam one usually have some kind of a virtual component to them where there's maybe a video on how to make it or um, for the steam one, if it's related to, say, Tall Tales, Ruthie includes um, websites that kids can go to to learn about Johnny Appleseed or Paul Bunyan oh. or maybe watch some videos to go along with the activity. Mm -hmm. Something yeah. that we would do in person also. Right. Yeah. So a lot of people probably don't realize that summer reading is for all ages. I mean, obviously, you know, it's most popular among the families and kids. It is. And it kind of was started to help with the summer slide mm -hmm. and kind of that reading test score issue you would get with kids just having fun over summer vacation and not doing right. kind of the usual stuff they do in school. Um, but yeah, it really is open to anyone. So it is. We say zero to 99. Mm -hmm. We really don't care. Um, we do offer um, raffle prizes for kids and adults. We offer them every other week. And for teens, I think Ruthie is doing every week. Okay. Um, so as long as people have logged any kind of minutes, whether it's one minute or a hundred minutes, they're automatically entered into a raffle prize, a raffle drawing. Um, Susan's been giving away craft things and big bucket full of books. And I've been giving away little toys and little trinkets and things. And cool. then if you reach a thousand minutes or a thousand points, there is a completion prize. Some of our families have already reached a thousand points. <laughs> Some of our families reached a thousand points like three days into summer reading. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> because when you're at home and you have nothing else to do, reading seems like a really good idea. Yeah, um, I can see that. But as definitely. we get closer to the end of the summer, um, closer to the end of July, we'll offer up um, some sort of 
free book or something to give to people who have reached their goal of 1,000 minutes. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, if people do want to participate, they can go to our <laughs> website, uh, just at our homepage at uh, www.sierravistaaz.gov. And we have a summer reading program link uh, in kind of the center up area of that homepage. Uh, and then you just kind of register and you, like you said, you read to do your reading log and get your points, yep. which then can get prizes. Uh, and then you can also come and pick up the grab and go bags on a weekly basis yep. too. And the links to the um, summer reading performers are on the events tab of the summer reading page, which is at the top of the page. They just have to click that click on the name of the performer and the link is in the description to watch the videos. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so what, what, what performers have done that? I, cause I'm sure a lot of people remember performances from the last couple of years. We have, um, James Reed, who is a juggler. Okay. His performance will be up until the end of the month. We have a group called science tellers, which does a show about, I believe it's the ice sorceress and the dragon and it's a STEM related show. So it uses dry ice and has all kinds of fun things. Cool. Um, we just had Jan Thomas last week. She does Mother Goose. Mm -hmm. um, that was only up for the previous week. And then I believe it's next week. We have Wild Man Phil who's oh, providing cool. us a video. And he is a local favorite for yeah. sure. So his video will be made available I want to say starting next week. Yeah, and he has a bunch of different animals, and I know he it's a funny, does. crazy show. He yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> I am, in fact, looking forward to that video quite a bit. <laughs> awesome. Well, people should definitely check that stuff out. Um, but yeah, aside from summer reading, I mean, the library has been closed since sometime in March. I don't, can't remember the exact date. Me either. Um, <laughs> yeah, and as we've looked at facility reopenings, uh, the library has been kind of something we've, we've targeted for more of a phase two um, kind of thing. And obviously mm -hmm. the state um, is stuck in phase one or pausing currently. Um, and it looks like we need to get through this current uh, wave of COVID cases before we look at further reopenings and stuff. Um, so... Since March is kind of a long time. It, you guys it have been closed for a while. Um, but we that doesn't have. mean you haven't stopped working or providing access to stuff you normally do uh, for the community. Um, so, yeah, what, what are some other ways patrons can access materials or library resources or kind of plug into the library right now? So we have a couple of options. If people want physical materials, the actual physical books or the movies or the CDs, mm -hmm. we are offering curbside pickup. Mm -hmm. And how that works, people log into our catalog page. They place a hold on an item. When they get their email notification or their phone call saying their item is ready, they just give the library a call and they can schedule a time to come pick up their items right outside of the library. Um, that seems to be working really well and has been really popular. Um, we also have Overdrive or Libby, which is our online our downloadable ebook and e-audiobook collection. For a while, you could just use your phone number to log in, so people were using that. Um, but the state, I think, has stopped doing that, or the county has stopped doing that. Now you have to have a, an actual library card oh, okay. to be able to do that. But we are able to do that for people over the phone. Okay, cool. So if people call the library and let us know that they don't have a library card, but they'd like to be able to access the um, the online materials, we mm -hmm. can set them up with a library card number that will allow them access to that. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, if anyone wants to call the library, you can call by uh, dialing 458-4225. That is correct. 
All right. And you can also obviously connect via Facebook. Uh, we have a pretty active uh, Sierra Vista Public Library Facebook page. Um, so people can send messages and that kind of stuff there. Um, talk a little bit about what you've been doing on social media um, to try to you know, stay engaged with folks, kind of do some of the stuff you do in person in a virtual way. Yeah, we have been doing, I personally have been doing story time videos. Mm -hmm. um, my assistant, Crystal, has been doing some bilingual story time videos. We have um, some instructional crafting. And I know Susan has done a meditation video and she's been offering up her Spanish class where she has um, her PowerPoint and she walks through some just some conversational Spanish phrases and what have you. Um, that seems to be doing pretty well, too. People enjoy that. The Spanish class was very popular. Um, what else are we doing? We are having, like I said, our virtual events. So we're doing my Lego club. We've got some textile arts programs. We've got two trivia programs coming up that we're going to try to do virtually. Oh, cool. Um, all of the information is in the events part of the library's Facebook page, mm -hmm. and that has the email addresses of the librarians who are in charge of that. They just have to shoot an email to us, and we'll get them set up with the, the website and the login information. Awesome. And then we just started offering what we're calling a book and movie medley option for people, and this is for our people who come to the library and don't know what they want and just browse the shelves to find random items, which is how a lot of us find books and movies. <laughs> yeah. um, so this is a little frustrating for people when they go on the catalog, there's really no way of just browsing the shelves. Mm -hmm. And so we put up a graphic on our Facebook page with email addresses for the different librarians. And it's for people who just want a random 10 items. They don't care what they are who they're by. They just let us know if it's an adult, a teen, or a child, and maybe an idea of the genre, mystery, horror, uh -huh. best, not New York Times bestsellers. Some people just want whatever is popular out uh -huh. there. And we'll gather up the materials, check them out, and put them out for curbside for people. That's kind of fun. I like yeah. that idea. Yeah, kind of a grab bag situation. Mm-hmm. Like some of those, like, um, I know we got one of those nature boxes at one part, farm boxes, and, and it was one of those ones where you didn't right. know exactly what was going to be in it. Yeah. And for a while it was really fun because it's like, oh, a kohlrabi, what yeah, is this what, thing? what should I do with this? Yeah, oh, the greens are edible too. So you all of a sudden you do stuff you'd never, like, never normally cook or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and this gives people a chance to find a new author or mm -hmm. a new genre that they like. Chances are something in that bag is probably something they've read before, mm -hmm. but that's fine out of 10 items. Yeah. They should be able to find something in there. Definitely. That's pretty good. That's awesome. There's yeah. a bunch of books I could probably reread as well. Um, I've kind of fallen off on reading actual physical books and stuff. Yeah. I'm like all audiobook podcast <laughs> kind of person these days. Um, but I'm kind of running out of things to do at home, so maybe I'll actually read a physical <laughs> book again eventually. Maybe. Um, and summer is a great time to do that. Uh, so with everyone spending a little more time at home and probably looking for escapes from current events and news at, at times, um, it's always nice to kind of escape into a good story. Um, so do you have any favorite books to recommend? They could be children books for, for kids and parents to read together. They could be, you know, adult books that you personally enjoy. Never ask a librarian what their favorite book is. I know, uh, I know. It could take an hour know, or three. I know, this is why I should have provided <laughs> these questions ahead of time. <laughs> um, so I read 
I read a lot of fantasy fiction. Uh -huh. I am re-listening to the Dresden Files series by Jim Butcher. Okay. Um, which is about um, Harry Dresden is a wizard in contemporary Chicago. Oh, that sounds and cool. Yeah, it's sort of snarky and a little bit Buffy-like mm -hmm. in its humor. Um, and the new one is coming out in two weeks. And okay. so I've gone back and I'm re-listening to all of the audio oh, cool. for those. Um, and the library does have audiobooks to check out online. It too. does. We have the physical audiobooks mm -hmm. and then we have the downloadable audiobooks through cool. Overdriver Libby. Right. That's cool. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what else I'm reading. I have a giant stack of books at my house right now. Yeah, I've had a giant um, stack of books by yeah. my bed for like five years. Yeah, I we've got them. Um, really made much headway on it. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a few cookbooks. Library's good for cookbooks. Yeah, um, especially now that I'm cooking more, so it's kind of nice to have some different options. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually reading How to Be an Anti-Racist, which is an excellent nonfiction book and pretty relevant to everything going on in the world right now. Yeah, okay. Um, it's got a, gotten a lot of press and a lot of good critical reviews. And then just reading a bunch of really fun kids' books because mm -hmm. my nephew is turning nine in a few days. Awesome. And so we will occasionally um, Google Duo chat and we'll read chapters together. So we, we're doing Jedi Academy and we've done... What else did we do? We were going to do Dogman... And we were going to do um, Wayside School by okay. Louis Sicar, which is a book that I read when I was a teacher to my class. Oh, cool. And so I thought he might enjoy that one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you do kind of virtual story times with him too? <laughs> um, no, because if it's not playing Minecraft right now, he wants no part of doing anything yeah, online. I could understand that. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the virtual thing has to be so hard for parents and kids too, just because it's it's attention spans and just it is. He he's yeah he's getting ready to turn nine and. He's a pretty precocious nine, being an only child. Yeah. So we, um, he decided that feels a little too much like school sometimes, <laughs> reading, reading aloud with Auntie Erica. Yeah, so. okay. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so the library does so much more than just books. Um, so that's obviously what people traditionally think of when they think of libraries is, oh, this place with a bunch of books on the shelves and magazines and that kind of stuff. Um, but really these days libraries do a lot more. Um, and even locally we have a borrow a bike prog program where you can get a bicycle, a helmet, a little map of local bike trails and a bike lock. Um, and I think you get it for like three days or something. Mm -hmm. This is in the pre COVID times. It obviously. is. Yes. <laughs> uh, not all of this stuff is available right now. Um, but you also had discovery packs, fitness kits, um, these things that kind of just encourage people to explore their local community, new hobbies and activities, um, that kind of stuff. Um, why do you think libraries have expanded uh, in these kind of ways? Um, and is that something that's kind of exciting to you as a librarian? Yeah, we love that sort of thing. Um, books are, I'm not going to say they're easy for everybody to get their hands on, but they're a lot easier now than they used to be for a lot of people. Libraries are within driving distance or walking distance for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But Getting things like a bicycle can be out of reach for somebody as far as their monetary situation goes. Mm -hmm. um, it's also a nice way for people who haven't ridden a bicycle in so many years to yeah. just try something new out. And that's really 
that's something that always gets librarians excited is people trying out new things, mm -hmm. whether it's reading a new genre of book or if it's trying out um, a pretend and play kit for kids to to just explore and use their imagination. Um, it's a way of trying out a lot, a lot of new things without having to spend a lot of money on something. Absolutely. Um, a lot of libraries are moving into providing things like bakeware mm -hmm. to check out or um, seed libraries are becoming very popular. Oh, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Where they're collecting up seeds from people, but they're also getting them from mm -hmm. Department of Agriculture and places like that. And then providing packets of seeds for people to plant in their gardens. Neat. Yeah, um, we had that at my last library, and that worked pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, there's even libraries back east that have started providing things like check out a tie or a suit jacket uh -huh. for an interview, yeah. which is really interesting. A lot of the um, social work aspect mm -hmm. has really moved into libraries. Mm -hmm. Libraries feel like a very safe place for people to come. Mm -hmm. And so getting some sort of link to, to mental health care mm -hmm. or social work is something that libraries feel like that they can help out with. Yeah, I mean, if you're struggling to find a job and say you're you're homeless, maybe you're living in your vehicle mm -hmm. or something like that, I mean, where are you going to go to print out a resume, to learn exactly. how to do a resume, um, even and, to have a phone number or whatever? Right, I mean, and to like have simple things. internet access if yeah. people live out in the country mm -hmm. or they live further away yeah. from a central location. It can be hard to get internet access for people in the mm -hmm. rural areas. And so for a lot of people like that, the library is their only link to the rest of the world. Right. And so, you know, we, we've always taken pride in the library as being a place for people to come and, and have somebody to help them fill out a resume or a job application. And since job applications have moved to mostly, I'm going to say 99% online anyway, right. most places aren't going to accept a paper application anymore. Mm -hmm. um, it can be really hard for people, especially people moving back into the workplace if they've been out for a while. Mm -hmm. They're not familiar with the ins and outs of online applications. Right. And even something as simple as having a study room available where they can have a job interview mm -hmm. is yeah. also really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you think um, that there may be some longer term repercussions or just things that libraries may take away from from this moment in time? Uh, just because so much of what you have, you have had to do has been shut down and you're kind of, you know, reevaluating how to bring those kind of services and activities to people. But libraries have never really they never fail to evolve. It really does seem like they've changed with the times and you know, as books and print materials went by the wayside, a lot of people may have thought like, oh, libraries are a relic to the past, you know, like eventually like this thing's going to go away. Like we don't need buildings with people in them. We have the internet. We have, um, <laughs> we have Google. It's okay. Yeah, but, but there still are these needs and libraries have really been there to fill in some of these gaps and to just bring learning opportunities to people in ways that are relevant to them in the current time. So I was just wondering, kind of kind of forecasting, I'm sure it's super easy to tell the future right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> any, any things that you guys, as you're kind of in the midst of it still, are are gaining from this or learning from this where you're like, you know, this this may, may be something we continue to do or maybe libraries really do need to find different ways to do certain things. I don't know. I, we definitely look taken a look at programming because that's that's really where the large groups of people hanging out together in an enclosed space. Mm -hmm. um, we don't we don't foresee programming going back to how it was. 
Mm -hmm. um, we're actually pretty excited about getting virtual programming up and running, mm -hmm. um, being locked into coming to the library at five 30 on a Wednesday might not be feasible for people, right. but if it means that I can sit and eat my dinner, but be on my computer, you know, in my living room mm -hmm. and still have access to a book club or still have access to the kids Lego club mm -hmm. that just might be easier for people. And we, we're wondering if we're going to see an increase in numbers just as in a virtual element for programming. Right. Um, yeah. which would be pretty interesting. I don't, I, I like to think that people would want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, programming is, as we said earlier, it's a big part of what we do. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we would not want to see that go by the wayside. Um, we still would like to be able to offer all of the computer help, mm -hmm. but we're definitely going to have to take a hard look at the physical location of all of the computers and how close they are together and right. um, the cleaning situation with everything. Yeah. Um, that's all going to, to definitely have to have a hard look at all of that. Mm -hmm. We would still like to offer computer classes and job help and stuff like that, but... Right now, we're just all, it, it's almost survival day-to-day -day at the library of, okay, how are we going to get through today? Yeah, and how can yeah. we at least offer some of the services? Right. Um, I do like to think that we're pretty adaptable. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully we'll be able to make some changes that still let people get the services they need. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's going to look like people spending all day at the library. Right. Hanging out. Right. I mean, um, there could be more outdoor aspects too, there or outdoor could be. activities and events. I mean, maybe yeah. you go beyond the walls of the library a little more often or something. And that's something we've been looking at anyway, trying to meet people where they are mm -hmm. instead of just having them come to the library. Right. Where we've yeah. had trivia programs out in the community mm -hmm. um, or going to places like um, nursing homes to bring books to the people at the nursing homes and to provide programming there or going to the schools or going out into the community where people are, the farmer's market, places like that, mm -hmm. to offer some of our services. And so that's going to become more important as we move forward, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to remind everyone, uh, if you want to learn more about the Sierra Vista Public Library, the summer reading program and all that kind of stuff, uh, you can always check out our website, uh, www.sierravistaaz.gov. Uh, and there's a link to the summer reading program on the homepage, and you also can library or, or navigate over to the library uh, online resources and materials and uh, browse through some of the stuff you can check out online, um, whether it's an electronic uh, or digital uh, book or something like that, or something you'd actually be able to pick up from the library uh, while it is closed to the public. Um, and then be sure to give the Sierra Vista Public Library Facebook page a follow and you can uh, keep current with their virtual programs, events, and all the other fun stuff they have going on. Um, but I think that's all we had for you today. It's been so great talking to you, Erica, and uh, I hope some more people come out and kind of learn what the library is up to these days. I hope so, too. Thanks for having me. That's all for this episode of Let's Talk Sierra Vista. Remember to email us your comments, suggestions, and questions to pod at sierravistaaz.gov. That's P-O-D at sierravistaaz.gov. We'd love for you to join the conversation. Take care, everybody.